We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. With all the instability and chaos in the world today, we find ourselves reflecting upon the faithfulness of God and wondering where we'd be without it. The very thought fills us with gratitude. We're thankful as well for godly leaders who reflect the faithfulness of the Lord through their own lives and ministries. Today we're so pleased to welcome two sound men of faith who have dedicated their lives to knowing and sowing the Word of God, two brothers who have been exemplary role models to us, Pastor Alan Brown and Pastor Lawrence Brown. Pastor Alan, Pastor Lawrence, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be with you. Thank you. We're really honored to be here. We follow your ministry closely, and with our interaction with folks around, uh, we're very confident God is using your ministry, and we trust you'll keep on going. Thank you. Last month on episode 30, Prince of Peace, Tabitha introduced a story of the Lord's peace and protection when her dad and uncle came to visit and serve alongside her on the mission field. Pastor Lawrence, would you tell us what that trip was all about? Sure. So it was uh, 2006, and uh, Pastor Allen and myself had received an invitation to go to India, and through many of Tabitha's contacts and the ministry there, uh, a number of Bible conferences had been set up for pastors in uh, northeastern India and Assam, and then uh, as well in central India and all the way down to Cochin even, uh, for both pastors and Bible uh, college and seminary faculties. And so we were very, very excited to go in, in November of 2006 and spend uh, about two and a half weeks in India in various locations, uh, uh, preaching and teaching, working especially with pastors. That's kind of where our heart is, uh, trying to equip them. We, we knew that our Indian brothers were uh, doing the Lord's work with a, a minimal amount of training and equipment and tools. So we've been privileged in our ministry, in our life, to have some fantastic training. Uh, Our dad, Dr. Ken Brown, is a a seminary professor and a pastor, a scholar, and we had uh, the opportunity to train under some great men. But we knew that pastors in India did not have that opportunity, and so we were burdened to go to India and through Tabitha's contacts with people in Assam and Manipur to uh, try to try to help pastors who would be minded to come to Bible conferences. So we uh, uh, all the arrangements were made, and we got there in, in November of 2006. And the plan was to spend several days in uh, Silchar Pilot Pool area uh, with some conferences there. We went to Imphal next to uh, Manipur, and after Imphal, we went to Bangalore, and then finally down to Cochin. And so um, it was about two and a half weeks total time, and we, uh, uh, the Lord gave us a, a great ministry, uh, very, very humbling to meet brothers and sisters in Christ uh, from uh, across, <clears throat> across India and to be able to spend time with them and to see their hunger and thirst for, for the Word of God and for training. 
so it was a it was a great ministry, very very challenging, as as we'll discuss here momentarily. But um, but we um, we were honored to be a part of that and to have something to offer to uh, our our brothers and sisters in India. I was actually really pleased with a cross section in India that we got to visit from the north to the south, and we were in. Uh, a great range of some very highly populated areas, particularly uh, somewhat in Imphal up in Manipur Northeast, but then also in Bangalore and certainly in South India. But we also were able to visit and to minister in some very rural areas, the tribal areas in the far north. One particular uh, church, um, fairly old, established quite a few years ago and on top of a mountain in a tribal area. And so we had to ascend a mountain via steps. There must have been one or 200 steps at least, wow. the church being at the top. So we felt very privileged to be able to see such a segment uh, from one end to the other and of, of all kinds. And it was a blessing to us just to be there for that. There are a myriad of hardships and obstacles related with global missions. Pastor Allen, were there any unique challenges on that particular trip to India? Yes, there were. Some usual, I guess, in one respect, and definitely some not so usual. Among the usual challenges for all of us who travel and minister in a cross-cultural setting, uh, we're working from Western Hemisphere, a way of thinking, certainly the language barrier, uh, and then traveling to different parts of the world and India being on the other side of the globe, that's no exception. So for us to try to work and primarily through a translator in most cases, some of the Indian brothers and sisters were uh, somewhat adept in English, able to communicate, but quite a few of them could not. And changing from one language, apparent language being English for us, and then going through a translator, there are several different factors that all have to mesh. And one of them would be the translator's ability to understand English, uh, even to hear it correctly, uh, because of pronunciation. British English would be more common in India and American English less so. So for a translator to pick up on what we say and be able to interpret it and hear it and then put it into their mother tongue. Uh, is a challenge for them. We had quite a variety of translators uh, with a different range of abilities to do that. And then our keeping in mind that we're switching from English ways of saying things with idioms that would be meaningless in a foreign language when taken literally. So the communication ability is always a challenge. Hard enough for a pastor, a preacher, a Bible teacher uh, to speak in his own language to people who understand that language. It's still something that is of the Lord to be able to talk and communicate, get points across, but add the mix of cross-cultural other language and a medium standing in the middle, trying to relay that information accurately. But when it comes to the not so usual, uh, we were not in India, but a couple of days just settling in. Uh, my brother and I, Pastor Lawrence and I were uh, lined up to be speaking in um, three or four churches on the first Sunday that we were there. And he in uh, a couple of churches through the day and me in a couple of other churches. 
at the end of that day, we met up and were in uh, the home of a host. Uh, we had a wonderful meal together and then turned in for the night because early next morning by 7.30, we would be headed out to begin the conference work. Uh, well, my brother went to his uh, place of sleeping for the night and I went as well. I was staying in the small apartment of Tabitha, my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so she had turned in and then I was in a small guest room nearby and something happened. And within five to 10 minutes, I went from feeling perfectly normal to having an extremely high fever and shaking and chills and beginning to not be able to think straight. I uh, toyed with the idea of going in to get my daughter up, and I thought, well, I think I'll just try to sleep it off, and hopefully I feel better next day. Uh, well, that wasn't the case. And in fact, when Tabitha came in in the morning to find out why I hadn't gotten up and ready for the conference, uh, she then discovered that I was actually really, really sick. So that began quite a, uh, quite a whirlwind of activity, trying to get um, a doctor in to see me there. And Lawrence, of course, would be scheduled to cover all the sessions at the conference for that day and presumably more days yet to come because I was uh, thoroughly incapacitated. Wow. So that was quite an experience. Uh, just uh, three or four hours after the doctor showed up, um, I had lost consciousness for probably about 18 hours. I have no recollection of that. I'm told that the doctor and others were trying to to uh, get me to answer questions or respond, and I wasn't doing that. So there was real concern on that end. And then, of course, my brother, Pastor Lawrence, took over the conference. And what were to be separate electives going on simultaneously was rescheduled to become just Pastor Lawrence's teaching uh, all of the attendees and in single sessions, one at a time. So I'm really grateful he stepped in and covered for me. Hmm. And then at the end of that day, going into, that would be Monday night, and it was probably two, three, four o'clock in the morning that I woke up for the first time since about nine or 10 Monday morning. Uh, I needed to use the restroom. I was trying to just recover enough, but I knew there was no way I could go and teach and preach for the day. Uh, I was on my way back to the room when my daughter came to me and said, uh, Dad, uh, pa Pastor Lawrence Brown, uh, Uncle Lawrence, has now gotten sick. Same thing. And so he was down. And somehow or other, through, I guess, just simple prayer and God's grace, the Lord enabled me somehow uh, to get ready and to go and to fill in because now Uncle Lawrence was really, really sick. Wow. And in both of our cases, it wasn't even clear that we would survive. Mm -hmm. Somehow God brought us through that. I was not able to speak and preach in the evenings, but the Lord gave the strength that I needed. Uh, sitting down, I was not able to stand, but just to get through that week of sessions. And at the end of that week, Pastor Lawrence and I were to board a plane and fly from Assam to Manipur to Imphal and have another Bible conference with another group of pastors and believers. So I was concerned enough for my brother. He looked like death warmed over. So I told him to pull his hat down low over his eyes and don't talk to anybody. Just get on the plane. <laughs> so that's what we did. We got there. And then the Lord enabled both of us to continue 
to improve enough and to get through that week. And it was such an honor. We preached in a, a church up on a mountaintop, as I mentioned before. And then soon after that, we left, went down to Bangalore, spoke at a Bible seminary. I flew down to South India, spoke at another seminary. And the Lord gave great peace and, and much uh, spiritual success. Uh, but it was only by the grace of God. Uh, mm -hmm. Other than that, there is no way either one of us could have gone a step further. We're still uh, incredulous, wondering how did God enable us in, in all that state of weakness to put one foot in front of the other? Because it did not seem humanly possible. Mm -hmm. So God brought us through that. And surely to his credit and only his credit. But as we come back, we're just amazed at how God sustains and God strengthens and enables. So those are just among some of the challenges. And yet at the end of all of that, uh, being over there probably around three weeks, and we were able to say at the end that the Lord was really good mm -hmm. and gave blessing to the people, they to us, and allowed us just to plot on. What was that like for you, Pastor Lawrence? Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, so uh, among the challenges uh, and, and the obstacles uh, that, that were uh, attendant upon that whole trip, um, you know, when, when Pastor Allen got sick and I went down that morning uh, to, to find out that he, he was very, very sick, and then I would be uh, stepping in to try to run the conference and do all the speaking, I felt a, a tremendous burden not only for Alan, because he's my big brother and I've always looked up to him. He's been a, a mentor, an example uh, to me. Uh, and I was very, very concerned because he was he was really unresponsive by the time I got to see him. Uh, but then, in addition, I was aware that there were, uh, there were people coming to these conferences who traveled great distances, as I understood it. There, there were guys who were pastoring in, in uh, places several hours away, and they had to travel by by rail and by car, sometimes by bicycle, and I think a few even by, by foot to, to attend these conferences. And they were coming to hear us, and, and uh, now all of a sudden it's not just Alan and me, it's, it's me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I was... Uh, I was feeling quite a weight of responsibility and wondering how does this even work? Uh, you know, how, how is God going to help in this situation when I feel very inadequate and very, um, small and, uh, you know, how is this going to, how's this going to work out? So there was a, a huge challenge there. Uh, and God was good and God enabled, uh, as, as Alan was saying a minute ago, the, the translation interface was a, a huge change for me, never having been in a situation where I was ministering through a, an interpreter to a different language group. I found that to be really, really challenging, and uh, even to the point where I was kind of discouraged with it for the first couple of days until the Lord uh, gave me a translator who seemed to understand me and work with me, and, and that kind of turned around, and so I, I was feeling much more uh, comfortable uh, working through Salungbo than I had been with some of the other translators who were great guys, uh, simply not a, not a good mesh with, with my personality. But then uh, as, uh, as the conferences went on, 
And, you know, we were there, Alan and I were there with a heart to minister, with a desire to be a blessing, to try to impart to these men of God some uh, some truth, some, some help, some equipment that would help them in the ministry. And as we uh, watched and as we interacted with these guys, it became very, very clear that they had... Um, something that I think is largely lacking, not entirely, but, but largely lacking in our American churches. And it was a, a, a deep-seated hunger and thirst for the Word of God and a willingness to sacrifice to get at it. Right. So uh, one, of the, one of the situations I was in was I, I was speaking at a prayer meeting uh, in Cochin, and Dr. Day had driven in a van quite a little while, probably 45 minutes or an hour, picking up people, and then we're going to the home of a church member for the midweek prayer service. And uh, uh, as we got settled in, uh, you know, I'm the I'm the uh, American, and I was. It was in a living room, and the the living room was devoid of furniture except for two chairs. And I realized, you know, there's not really much furniture here, so I was just going to sit on the floor. And the host immediately uh, indicated I was not to do that. That one of the chairs was for me, and the other was for for Dr. Day. And it was just you know very very humbling that they would. Everybody else was going to sit on the floor, and they did. Uh, and then, as we were getting ready to start, Dr. Day indicated the man who had come in just before we got ready to start, and he leaned over and and told me that this man had he lived on an island just off the coast. And he had to take a ferry, and the ferry ride was an hour and a half or two hours, something like that. And then he rented or borrowed a bicycle to ride a couple of miles from uh, the ferry port to the home of the member. And this is for a Wednesday night Bible study prayer time. And, you know, I <laughs> I, I have uh, uh, experienced in my ministry people who live a couple hundred feet from the church who can't seem to make it to Sunday services. And it was extremely humbling and encouraging, just very, very uh, eye-opening to see the, the depth of uh, commitment and a desire, an earnest desire for Bible and Bible teaching and Bible truth. And that was true, uh, church members and pastors uh, across the board. That was one of the things that most blessed and encouraged me was to see uh, our brothers and sisters in India who have so little by way of conveniences and so little by way of, of Bible study tools, and yet they were giving their all to the Lord. They, they were really committed. And that was a huge blessing and encouragement to me. The two of you made big sacrifices traveling halfway around the world to serve and be a blessing. Yet, since that trip so many years ago, you've often talked about being blessed by the men and women in India. Pastor Lawrence, would you explain what you mean by this? Yeah, so that, that would be, uh, you know, expanding on what, ju- what I just mentioned, that, uh, uh, you know, we, we were going there uh, with a view to serving, to trying to, to help these men, especially pastors. We have a heart for, for pastors. That's kind of where our, our ministry has been, as to... Uh, try to equip and encourage, uh, teach pastors uh, proper hermeneutics and uh, proper technique in studying and presenting the Bible. 
so that's why we were going there is to try to equip and, and help and assist uh, pastors in India. Mm-hmm. But as is always the case, when somebody decides that they're going to serve God with a whole heart, and they're just going to do what God wants them to do, we came away much more blessed than having been a blessing. And it was a result of seeing God's faithfulness, knowing that people back stateside were praying for us, especially when we got sick. Uh, but then also, uh, you know, seeing the, the commitment and experiencing the hospitality and generosity of uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in India and seeing their desire. Uh, I, I remember, uh, I think it was an infall at, at the pastor's conference talking about, um, you know, churches trying hard to support their own pastors and, mm-hmm. and uh, how that's a challenge for fundamentalists and, and people who love the Bible here in America and doubly so in a place like India. Right. And I remember taking a question from somebody uh, and the question was, if a church doesn't have enough money, cash to pay a pastor, would it be okay to give them bags of rice? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I said, well, of course, you know, that would be quite biblical. There was a lot less cash and a lot, a lot more barter and a commodities exchange in the ancient biblical world. Uh, but I was thinking to myself as I answered the question, you know, what, what pastor here in America would be willing to take a hundred pound sack of rice as part of his salary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, but, but they were in India in India, uh, they, they were willing to do that to serve the Lord. So just seeing their commitment, seeing their love for the Lord, uh, their, their hunger. Um, I remember at the conference in Imphal, uh, a, a couple of different things came up. And some of the some of the pastors who were there, uh, Alan was speaking at the time, and a couple of questions came up that he answered. One had to do with biblical counseling. Can you give us any advice, any wisdom on how to help our people with marriage problems and priorities in life and relationships that are difficult and just you know handling life's problems? Uh, and Alan just kind of on the fly began to, to talk and take them to some scripture in Ephesians and Colossians and show them uh, from the Bible, well, this is how you would help somebody uh, get over their problems and, and find the Lord and uh, obey the Bible in the middle of those, those sorts of problems. And those men were so hungry for Bible teaching, both with biblical counseling and with a, a biblical view of music that they asked Alan, you know, his session was due to stop in, you know, whatever, 10 minutes or something or other. And he was so tired, he could, you know, he couldn't even stand. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but these men uh, said, please, could you keep on talking? Uh, and, 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 you know, they're all just taking notes and, and just leaning in so desperately trying to absorb and, and uh, take in every little bit of biblical truth. And I remember uh, a couple of those men during that conference uh, said something like, uh, you know, in 15 minutes, you have shown us so much 
truth from the scripture, it has already revolutionized our ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have already decided there's some changes that we need to make when we go home to our, to our own churches. And so the, the sincerity and the uh, complete commitment to obeying the Bible no matter what was really, really refreshing to see. And it's sadly something we don't see enough of here stateside. So that was a great blessing and encouragement to us. Pastor Allen, you and your brother have had a lot of time to reflect on your experiences from all you underwent that year. So how would you sum up your impressions and lessons from the Lord? Oh, there are several of them. I suppose the most pronounced one would be connected with how close we were both to death and certainly to ending our ministry over there before it even began. Um, because we became so ill with something. It was never diagnosed, by the way, not uh, over in India and not here either, hmm. uh, which I suppose is not too uncommon. There are many, many viruses, bacteria, illnesses, but uh, it could have certainly been the both the end of the conference and the end of our lives, and yet God spared us. Uh, the strength that he infused is inexplicable. There's no way to put it into words. Um, neither of us, I don't think, have ever ever been more sick than we were there. Mm-hmm. And yet right in the middle of that, somehow God enabled each of us, though staggered in times, but to stand up and to go on. And uh, under any other circumstances, that was not humanly possible learning the strength that God replaces for our own weakness is exactly what the Lord taught to the apostle Paul in second Corinthians 12. In fact, it's when we are at the low points of life and fully incapacitated that he does his best work. At the end of our um, Bible conference time, leadership conference in Assam, as was typical for the Indian brothers and sisters in Christ, They are very ceremonial. They're very, um, uh, very expressive. Uh, They write out speeches and from the various, whether it be the various tribal villages or the different churches, but they all want to say something in appreciation for those that have ministered the word. So for my brother and for me, uh, they were waxing eloquent and each of them giving a little gift. It could be uh, some kind of a, a woven um, a jacket, uh, but just something simple with the tribal colors and something meaningful that came from all of them from their hearts, mm-hmm. simple though it might be. But I suppose the one thing that happens during that ceremonial end of the conference um, service was when they referred to Pastor Lawrence and myself as uh, the Iron Man. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you that it was all I could do to hold back the flood of tears mm. because if you <laughs> just stop and think about it, both of us were at the weakest point in our lives. And yet what they were appreciating is that God was the one that gave us the strength to minister to them while we were there, even under very difficult physical circumstances. Right. And so to realize, actually, it's the Lord who's the strength. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the word humble, which has been mentioned here in our talk together a few times, 
I don't think there's a better vocabulary word, but we were extremely humbled at the grace of God and the strength that he infused. So that was certainly a takeaway for us is to discover in a new way, a fresh way, and probably the biggest uh, experience like this that at least I have ever gone through. And that is to realize that God can accomplish his will. He's able to do anything. Uh, the power of prayer also stands out because word got back stateside immediately. And when I was ill and when Pastor Lawrence then inside of 24 hours became very ill, likewise, the men in his church and the men in my church, why they gathered and prayed through the night. It's not coincidental that the very following day, against all odds, and this is not even physically possible, but God gave enough recovery to be able to go and to get through the conference and to minister. So the power of prayer. So when God's people gather in prayer, that's not a small thing. And God listens and he does respond. So those are two very important things is that in our weakness, God is strong. And then the power of prayer, it does move mountains. Mm -hmm. So we're grateful that God was able to use us in some small way. And we were blessed uh, doubly uh, just by the folks that were there. Praise the Lord. I was remembering that uh, before before uh, I left um, to, to join Pastor Allen at Newark and to head out, um, I had had my church here in New Hampshire uh, take a vote and, and write a letter of greeting to whatever churches I would I would encounter along the way in India. And so at each conference, I, I read that letter. I think I made copies of the letter and signed them. I think I, I might have had uh, all the folks in my church sign them as well. And, and I gave those away to pastors and, and churches where I ministered, uh, both individual, individual churches and at the conferences. And uh, in some sense, it was kind of a formality. Uh, I thought it was kind of a nice touch. But I'll tell you what, the the Indian churches were absolutely uh, blown away by that, and they they loved that. Uh, you know, part of the letter said something like, uh, you know, the, the First Baptist Church of North Conway, New Hampshire, is is praying for you and praying for the ministry of these conferences right now, and so your brothers and sisters in Christ in uh, USA. Are, we don't even know who you are, but we are praying for you. We pray for God's blessing on your church, on, on your pastor, on your lives, on your ministry. And uh, there were people uh, in those churches who were literally weeping as I read that letter. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, uh, the, the fellowship, uh, genuine Christian uh, fellowship, is a very precious and a very real thing. It's, it's not something that's fake. It's not mm -hmm. something that you can just concoct. Uh, it is a very real bond in the blood of Christ. And, uh, and I was acutely aware of that in India. Amen. Well, Pastor Allen and pa Pastor Lawrence, your story points to just how faithful the Lord is and powerfully working even in the midst of difficulties. We want to thank both of you for your faithfulness and all that you've invested in our lives and in our ministry. 
Praise the Lord. Keep on keeping on. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.